0: That's right. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth Dirt Radio, welcome and good morning, Victoria. What a beautiful morning it is again today. Not a cloud in the sky, at least where we are in Melbourne. Uh, it's just uh, stunning this time of year. Uh, where, I'm Jeff Waters, by the way. Hello. Uh, I'm from Friends of the Earth and uh, we bring you this program, Dirt Radio, every week on uh, a Tuesday morning, where we discuss things that Friends of the Earth is up to, and how you can become involved. Now, um, uh, I'm. We must remember that wherever we're listening today, we're on uh, on stolen land and stolen country that always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And we, of course, acknowledge all of the elders on the timeline, past and present, from the Wurundjeri people, who uh, from the Kula nation, where we uh, where we sit here, on the banks of the Birurung in central Nam, and what a beautiful, beautiful place it is. Now we're joined this morning by one of my fond colleagues, an extremely impressive campaigner and and activist. By the name of Pat Simons, and Pat's going to um, discuss with us plans for an event in East Gippsland or in Gippsland proper, where uh, uh, they'll be talking about a just transition for the workforce and uh, for the communities and the environment from uh, fossil fuels to wind and uh, and renewable electricity. Uh, good morning to you, Pat. I suppose I should turn your microphone on, Pat. I'm sorry. Good morning again.
2: Good morning again.
0: (laughs) He warned me. He warned me. He said, my mic's not on, and he showed me the button, and I I said, yes. (coughs) I said yes, and then probably forgot because I went on my little spiel. But anyway, Pat, please tell us what's coming
2: up. So, Yester Renewables, we're organising a a really exciting event in the Latrobe Valley in mid-October. It's called the Transform. Expo and it's a Renewable Energy Jobs Expo that's all about showcasing the opportunities in the new economy and new forms of energy and how regions like the Little Trobe Valley uh, and the wider Gippsland community uh, can get involved, learn about the job opportunities, community benefits, that sort of thing.
0: Okay we'll dig into that in, in just a take but you mentioned um, and uh, for those listeners who aren't aware you mentioned uh, yes to renewables yeah. uh, could you please explain what that is?
2: yeah, so yes to renewables is a is a collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne so and a national project of Friends of the Earth Australia and we basically campaign to accelerate the transition to one hundred percent renewable energy and we want to see that done in a way that uh, builds You know, genuine community support for the transition delivers real benefits to communities. So good local jobs, um, wider economic benefits, new forms of community income, that sort of thing.
0: And as Friends of the Earth looks at environmental issues through the lens of social justice, that fits perfectly, but also uh, Indigenous rights. So are you speaking to the, the local people down there as well?
2: Yeah, so um, we're having conversations with uh, Glawak uh, Gunai Kurnai Land and Waters Aboriginal Corporation, and they've been pretty active in the discussions around how the transition happens in in uh, Gippsland or Gunai Kurnai country, um, and and it's it's really interesting to see, I guess, how the, they um, are, are really pushing for you know benefits for their community. Um, particularly from offshore wind, I think that's something that will will be really interesting to watch. Mm,
0: terrific. I mean, it's their sea country that's being, ad, mm. you know, changed. Mm. So one would imagine that they should be compensated for that.
2: Yeah, and I think that um, I think that what the you know the amount of money that's going into those industries is is enormous. And what's awesome is that uh, GLOWAC have have been involved very early on to say, here's what our aspirations are for these new industries and here's what we want to see. So that's that's really impressive to see them like so engaged and organised um, because the onshore renewables industry hasn't necessarily done a great job working with First Nations people. And I think it, now what we're seeing is um, a lot of First Nations groups saying that's not good enough, but um, here's what we want to see and we're going to push for that. So see, seeing that happen on the ground... Um, uh, definitely, yeah, in Victoria.
0: Now, when I hear the term jobs expo or mm. expo in, in, in particular, I mm. think of like small business or mm. business expos, that sort of thing you hear yep. about. Is this something that Friends of the Earth would normally be involved in? It?
2: It's pretty unique. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's a partnership approach that we're that we're taking here. And the reason for it is really that the Latrobe Valley is going through this huge transition. Uh, the coal-fired power stations uh, are closing. Uh, their, co- their closure date's are being brought forward. Uh, they need to close because of climate change, but they're also closing because they're their ageing infrastructure. And so that's a massive issue for particularly the Latrobe Valley, but also the wider Gippsland region around what does economic development look like in this area? And so, um, yeah, a lot of people... Um, can be quite concerned or fearful about what the future looks like uh, to them. Hmm. There's a big Justifiably role. Justifiably, Yeah, you know, where do the jobs come from? What, where do we get our energy? Yeah. These are really live, real questions for a lot of people in that community. So um, something like a jobs expo is really about demonstrating, here's the pathways, here's how you can be involved, these are the opportunities for you. And to make that really concrete, not just hand out a bunch of jobs figures in a media release, which is something that's very common, in energy policy discussions in the media. um, But actually demonstrating this is the job, this is the type of job, this is the type of skills that you need to, to get into this industry and and making that pathway real. So that is, that's, you know, at Yes Renewables, that's the type of thing that we do all all the time is talking about, about these things. So it's, it's a little bit different for Friends of the Earth as an environment group, but as a climate, um, change and renewable energy advocates—it's—it's it's pretty um, bread and butter.
0: You're listening to 3CR.
1: When I was new
0: to Melbourne, I found a food not bombs flyer on the road, and I had like this fist with a carrot, and carrots are my favourite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff
2: and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food.
1: That would otherwise go to waste.
2: I like the aspect of sharing food and not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it.
1: We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter.
0: Welcome back, and you're listening to 3CR Radical Radio, and this is Dirt Radio, the program brought to you weekly by Friends of the Earth. I'm Jeff Waters, and we're joined today by the very impressive Patrick Simons. Now, Pat, um, you're talking about jobs. Um, and, you know, substantial jobs. What sort of jobs are we talking about? Mm. Uh, And, and, you know, is it actually going to be enough jobs to employ all of the people in the existing industries?
2: So with renewable energy, there's a whole range of different technologies. So you've got wind, onshore wind, onshore solar, um, rooftop solar, battery storage, offshore wind... And, and all of those require like a pretty significant supply chain, a whole series of different types of jobs, everything from uh, planning, uh, engineering, construction, uh, maintenance, manu- manufacturing in some cases, logistics, ports development. Uh, so there is a huge range of job types across those individual kind of fields. Um, and some of them will be highly skilled, some of them will be lower skilled. And that's, that's really important because, you know, different people in the community are going to have different levels of skills. Um, and I think the question that you had around, um, around, will there be enough to Mm. employ people from the, from the power station? So at the moment there's about $40 billion worth of, new energy infrastructure projects on the table for Gippsland wow which is 40 hu-
0: billion dollars yes
2: it's a huge amount goodness and the the reality of the energy transition is it's going to require building a lot of new infrastructure so we're talking a lot of, about a lot of money a lot of construction a lot of job creation to the point where people in the sector actually worry that there aren't enough like people to do the work in Australia because the the need um, of transitioning the energy system requires such a big workforce wow so i think we're in the situation of not not so much will there be enough jobs it's like <laughs> who, are, do we have enough people to fill the jobs that will be needed indeed and do we have the right skills mm. are you know are people receiving the right kinds of training well that was going um, to be
0: my next question yeah. training who yeah. pays for it
2: well it's it's got to be governments that are really leading the training uh aspect of this and you know this, the revival of the state electricity commission is a really important step in that. The government said it wants to, you know, create six thousand apprenticeships uh, in the renewable energy sector. So that's something we will be watching very closely to see if they're able to deliver that in reality. We certainly hope so. Um, with offshore wind, for example, there's there's a lot of new training needs that will be needed. You know, um, teaching people how to. Do the wind turbine technician jobs um, very high up at sea like that is a specialist skill set and something that um a place like churchill university in latro valley could could definitely lead lead on uh so there's a huge range of different opportunities and needs to establish these new industries and then um so lots of opportunities for people that might be leaving fossil fuels oil and gas coal you know whichever ones people who are leaving those industries don't always want to go directly into another um blue blue collar job some people might want to do something completely different so i think that this is partly around showing these are the opportunities there are opportunities in these industries it's not a silver bullet there's there's also has to be a wider transition plan for the whole region that empowers people to to make their own decisions about what they, what they want to do not just Transfer this job to that job.
0: Sure. Well now we're talking about our Friends of the Earth renewable energy job summit that's planned for Gippsland, uh kunai country. Uh before we go on, I thought it pretty important before we forget before the end of the half hour to mention exactly when and where <laughs> this yes. is taking place.
2: Yeah, so it's uh it's in Targan, uh which is right in the heart of the Latrobe Valley at the Gippsland Performing Arts Centre. It runs over two days, the 13th and 14th of October. Uh, Obviously, the second day falls on the day of the referendum, which was just a bit of a tough thing that happened because we planned the dates well, well, well in advance and then, Mm. you know, the announcement came down. Um, But, yeah... Still, it
0: doesn't take that long to vote. People can still attend.
2: Yes, absolutely. And the voting booth will be quite close by, so we'll have information there for people. Um, So... Yeah, it's a two-day event. Uh, there'll be a series of stalls, um, workshops in in two two different um, theatres, covering uh, everything from you know introduction to renewables. What is the technology? How does it work? Through to okay, what's the workforce um, planning that we need to create the opportunities for La Tribe Valley? Um, hearing. Uh, stories and experiences of workers and how they've got in the industry. So some of the people will have their have worked in fossil fuels and have then made the decision to move over to renewable energy. So we'll we'll hear those stories. So it's going to be a really interesting, mm, very of, information
0: of days. rich. And yes. I'm just thinking that there are people uh, who are listening this morning in Melbourne mm. who, although they don't have to worry about this uh, from an employment perspective, might like to come along. Just to learn more about the Abs- industry,
2: absolutely, uh, and it's a free event. We're very committed to making it a, a free event, uh, so it is open to the whole community, uh, so that people can learn about what is happening with the energy transition. It's such a big issue in that region because it's it's the, it's the economy, it's that industry, yeah. Um,
0: but it's something, and we'll get onto this soon. But mm. it's something that goes stretches for the whole of the Victorian coastline, really, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and onshore as well. But it's something that affects uh, a lot of of regional Victoria.
0: All right. I think we'll take a bit of a break now and listen to a bit of Motown because I'm in the driver's seat and uh, I, I give everybody a treat on a Tuesday morning when I'm here with a bit of Motown because I think it's really good to listen to in the morning. I don't know why. You're listening to 3CR, Radical Radio. When we get back from this music, and we're going to hear a bit of Marvin Gaye, I've got a bit of good news for you, audience, and uh, I'll share that before we continue talking about uh, renewable power uh, for Victoria. Uh, You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. Singing that along there. I'm sorry that you couldn't hear it. <laughs> You're listening to Dirt Radio from Friends of the Earth on 3CR Radical Radio. Uh, I'm Jeff Waters and I'm speaking today with Pat Simons, who is from our Yes to Renewables Collective, which anyone can join. Please look up uh, Friends of the Earth on the web, foe.org.au. Um, click through to Friends of the Earth Melbourne if you're here, and um, you can take part and join in. Uh, so, you know, it's open to everybody, so please do get in touch and uh, and join us. Now, I've got some good news for you this morning, which I'm very pleased with, because I work uh, in the Get Off Gas Collective, uh, and particularly on the boring, for some, but very important, um, decommissioning work that needs to be done with the removal of uh, of gas and oil platforms from the ocean, $60 billion worth of work over the next decade or so, and when I say $60 billion, that's an industry estimate, so we can all imagine that it's probably double that, not that I can say that publicly, of course, just between us, but it's probably double that, I'd say. Uh, but we've got really good, had really good news just last week in discussions with so. Now SO, uh, which is a subsidiary company of ExxonMobil, the big multinational uh, oil and gas company, has 13 platforms off the coast of Gippsland that need to be removed in the next so many years decade or so. 13 of them. Now, uh, uh, up until recently, uh, their plan was to remove what's called the topsides, which is the bit above the water, take them on shore uh, and break them, uh, scrap them. But their plan was to leave the jackets, which is the big long steel pylons that hold the, 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 the topside up, um, to cut them off at the base. Or halfway from the from the waterline to the seabed, and then dump them on the ocean floor and leave them there. That was their plan. Uh, but thankfully, after successful lobbying by Friends of the Earth and others, both uh, to the company itself, but also to the industry regulator and the federal government and the federal politicians, Esso has now announced that it will not follow their uh, rigs, what they call the rigs to reefs philosophy, they they said they would be creating man-made reefs for recreational fisher people or fishers uh, but of course the science said that was nonsense because uh, they're vertical and once you cut them off and dump them horizontally on the sea bed, they're pretty much lying in darkness and everything on them will die and hardly anything will grow, so uh, thankfully, science has had a, uh, its way, and the great thing is, of course, is that we can now recycle all of that free steel, tens of thousands of tons of free steel, which will now be recycled. so the next step is to find somewhere on shore that is most uh, most preferable for both the traditional owners and the communities to recycle this steel and of course you only need to use electricity, renewable electricity to recycle steel, uh, but to make it you have to use lots and lots and lots of coal. So Pat, what do you think of that?
2: Oh that's fantastic, that's really good news and yeah, great work, congratulations on getting that, that outcome.
0: Oh well, that's very kind of you, it wasn't just me, but thank you, uh, And uh, but it was partly me. I will say. Yeah. Swear <laughs> it. Okay, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it. Sorry. Um Sorry, audience, I'm wearing it. Uh <laughs> all right. So, back to uh back to renewable energy in Victoria. Now, um there was an announcement just recently by the government about a new um wind turbine manufacturing plant for Portland on the other side of the coast. Um do you, you know anything about are that? Are you
2: sure about that? I think it would have been... I think that would have been Western Port. Oh. Yeah, at... um, uh, At the... Sorry, um, Port Hastings. Port Hastings. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, they're, 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 they're also... Uh, I believe they're looking at assembling plants, an assembly plant in uh,
2: Portland as well. Oh, okay.
0: I haven't, I haven't followed that announcement. All right, okay. Why would they want uh, to do this in, in that part of the world?
2: Okay, so... I'll go to Hastings first, and then we can talk about Portland. So, uh, with offshore wind, uh, the majority of the the projects will be built uh, uh, east of the Gippsland coastline in the in the Bass Strait. So, in in an area where there has been the offshore oil and gas development, so it's good that um, instead of building climate wrecking industries, we're going to be building. Uh, climate safe industries like like offshore wind uh, so Yay. ideally with, with offshore wind a lot of the uh, construction actually occurs onshore so you have a port uh, you assemble the components the wind towers uh, the t- huge, tur- turbine huge components wind
0: towers are,
2: they're, they're very very large yeah. so that needs to be done onshore uh, and then they're sort of put onto platforms and then they're they're tugged out uh, to to the sea. And then they're installed. So there's a few different ways that that, that can happen. So the reason that the, the port of Hastings would have been selected is because it's it's an active port. It's a deep, you know, it's got the the infrastructure there already. Yeah. Um, and, it brown, and and it's also side. it's also close to uh, it's closer to where the offshore wind projects will be will be built. Makes sense. So it, it makes sense from that perspective. Um, and but obviously. Uh, because of the location uh, in Western Port Bay, like uh, sensitive ecosystems, that will be, have to be managed really carefully um, to to make sure there isn't any any impact on the local ecosystems. Because um, they've,
0: they've been a, that's been a huge issue.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's been a really really strong campaign against um, proposals for for more oil and gas development in that area, against the um, the import um, terminal. And so, you know, people obviously really, really care about protecting that patch because it's so special. Uh, so that you know, we we can apply the same expectations to any development that's going to aid uh, offshore wind. Uh, so that will have to be very carefully managed. Uh,
0: how lo- how long is all this going to take until we see the this happening?
2: It's going to take a quite a few years. Hmm. Yeah, and these are not the only renewable energy projects that are that are getting developed. You know, there's also onshore wind, onshore solar, rooftop solar. So all of that's happening at the same time. And
0: energy efficiency improvements. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. And so offshore wind, I think it's expected that the first power would be switched on by around 2030 at the, the earliest. Yeah. And the government's targets are to build... One gigawatt by twenty thirty two, and so it is. This is a decade long process that is uh, requires establishing an entire new industry. So it is. There's a long lead time on this, um, and the, there's lots of moving parts: ports development, manufacturing, uh, as well as the the planning side of things,
0: and making sure all your workforce is trained up. Yeah. All right. So when you say one gigawatt. Mm-hmm. I know, this is a hard question. Please forgive me, but don't answer it if you can't. But yeah. what? How many towers can produce one gigawatt?
2: So maybe we can speak with an example. So Star of the South, which is the most advanced offshore wind proposal, that's for a two point two gigawatt project.
0: Right, and yeah. that
2: is expected to power um, about one point five million homes. Wow. Wow. And that, so that's about 200 um, turbines. 200
0: the, turbines. Yeah. Will you be able to see these turbines from the shore?
2: It's possible that in some places. It, t- it depends on a few different things, like how high up you are, how clear the day is. Sure, but, at, but they're bit, not
0: going to be in your face. No, they're going to be a, a long way away. very distant.
2: So Great. at most you'd see them on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, but the, the areas that they can develop offshore wind... The closest is, that they can come to the shore is about 10 kilometres. And a lot of the, the turbines won't be 10 kilometres from the shore. They'll be further out. Mm, mm. Um, so, yeah, they might be visible in some places on a really clear day on the horizon.
0: And, and sorry, say again, how many turbines are we expecting for Star of the South?
2: So, if the full project went ahead, that yeah. would be about 200.
0: Two hundred of yeah, these that's huge right. turbines.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's a lot of work. Yeah, it's huge. It's these are these are big projects. You know, these are the equivalent of your coal-fired power station, but it's a renewable energy project in terms of the scale, and that's simply because of the the total amount of electricity that we need to power an entire state with millions of people and hospitals, and and then we'll just have this power,
0: this free power. Hopefully that means that the that the people won't have to pay so much for their
2: electricity. Well, it's cheaper because there's no you don't have to pay for putting the petrol or the coal, yeah. or the, the oil and the gas. Into you don't have it. to we- dig it out of the ground yes, first. Yes, it costs money to build it, but once yeah. it's going, um, it's it's using free wind. So there's no fuel cost.
0: Ah, there you are, listener. What a beautiful world it will be. We're going to say goodbye now. We've only got a few seconds to go. I'm Jeff Waters, and you've been listening to Pat Simons. We're from Friends of the Earth, and this has been Dirt Radio, which happens every week at 9.30 on a Tuesday morning.